Thank you, Laura. Thank you for that song service. Uh, I get a little emotional with some of these songs, I tell you. I get a little teary-eyed. And, and just, uh, but, you know, just thinking about all that the Lord has done. It's, y'all think about God's grace and, and what he's done for us, what he does for us every day that, that we don't deserve. I mean, it's just it's amazing what God has done and what he what he does and and you know everything that uh, that we sing it goes right along with what uh, I want to preach on this morning. I'm going to be in Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. And I'm going to read from verses 4 through 9. And when you found it, if you would stand with me while I read the Word of God. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication... With thanksgiving, let your requests be known, be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, and whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, Think on these things, those things which we have both learned and received, that ye have both learned and received, and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Father God, we, we do, we, that's what we need, Lord. We need you to be with us. We call on your name. We cry out to you for your presence in our lives. I ask you, Lord, to lead us and guide us, that you would fill this place with your spirit, that you would speak through, to us through your word, that, that each and every one of us, Lord, would get a blessing from being in your house, hearing your word, and that we would learn more about who you are and, and, and how to be better servants for you. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Now, you might have guessed, I don't know, uh, when I preach, God preaches me a sermon all week before I preach it to you guys. And so that's kind of how it works. What he's preaching to me, what he's teaching me, what he's showing me, oftentimes is what he leads me to to preach on Sunday mornings, and it happens more often than not. Um, My wife and I are going through a period of change, and, and change is hard, isn't it? And and some reason, I just, boy, I just hate change. I hate things to change. Um, our kids are growing up on us, they're going to college, they're gone, you know, and, and, and we just, there's, I, you know, if I'm not careful, I'll let that anxiety creep into my heart and my mind, and I'm thinking, you know, I wish they were still this big so I could hold one in this hand and one in this hand, keep them safe, you know, as if I could. I thought I could at one time, right? But the older I get, the more I realize you know, the Lord just gives those children to me, and, and whatever ability that I had to keep them safe was only what the Lord gave me, right? Only that the Lord, if the Lord doesn't keep them safe, I can't keep them safe. 
And so in prayer, we pray that we can keep them. But listen, the good thing about that is that we can always pray for our children, no matter how big they get, no matter where they go, how far away they go, at college or wherever they're at, that we can still do, can't we? We can still pray that the Lord God and all his power and strength can keep them. And listen, we can still depend on the Lord God to keep us, right? To keep us in every situation, to keep my wife, to keep my friends, keep my family. And, 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 the, and the peace that this world desperately needs is fleeting from them is because we don't depend on the Lord God. We don't look and see. And I think that oftentimes we, we even do this. We pray that the Lord would give us peace without looking into his word because he tells us how to have peace. He doesn't just say, now ask me for peace. He says there are some things that you've got to do for you to have peace in your mind. And, and what that is is we have to do what he tells us to do, right? We have to trust in him that his ways are best, that what he says, if he says this will bring peace to my life, then I read his scripture and I believe that what he says is true. And so as we look at this, this is what we're going to find. We're going to find that the Lord tells us how to have peace in our hearts. The peace of God, the peace of God that passes all understanding. And listen, we need it. The world around us needs it. And we need it every day, don't we? This is not a lesson that we have to learn one time, I don't think. This is the, at least, I'm slow. And so this is a lesson I've got to learn every day. This is a lesson I've got to think about all the time in my life is, is what do I do? How do I keep that peace of God in my heart? And when I begin to feel a little anxious, when I've, when I've begin to feel like I, you know, I, I don't know what to do right now. I don't know, you know, what I'm going to, how, how tomorrow's going to be. And it worries me because I don't know about tomorrow. And when I start feeling that way, I've got to go back to God's word because he tells me what I have to do. And he tells me that my joy, listen, my joy is not in my circumstances. The world's joy is in their circumstances. The lost, their joy, the only joy they have, the only happiness there is in the good times that they have in the Lord. I mean, and I say, and then you say, well, the lost don't have a good time in the Lord, and, and, and I would beg to differ. All good things that comes to anyone, lost and saved, are from the Lord. And he is gracious to send rain on the just and the unjust. But how much more to his people who know him and trust in him. And he tells us as Christians, rejoice in the Lord. And again I say rejoice. And we have to remember that, that our joy is in him. It's not in me. If my joy is in me, or in you, or in the world, in my job, in my bank account, if the world is in anything else besides the Lord, if my joy is in anything besides the Lord, then it's going to be fleeting. And I'm going to lose it. And I'm going to be constantly trying to find it again. Right? I, I'm going to lose it. and It's like it's been swept under the rug somewhere and I don't know where it is. Laura lost her car keys for two years a, while, a couple of years ago and she found them in a coat pocket. And we turned the world upside down looking for these keys. Listen, our joy can be like that. You'll lose it for years at a time if your joy is not in the Lord. 
Because because we can't depend on our circumstances. We can't depend on tomorrow to be a happy day. We can't depend on our jobs from one day to the next. We can't depend on our health. We can't depend on anything in this world, really, to bring us joy. And so if our hope is in this world, then, then we're like Paul said, if my only hope is in this world, then I'm of all men most miserable. And so as Christians, we have to remember that our joy is in the Lord. And moving on in verse 5, he says, Let your moderation be known to all men. Do y'all know that that excess makes us anxious? Do y'all know that if you overindulge, it'll make you feel bad? When was the last time you sat down to a meal and you just really just pigged out and ate way too much? Did you feel real good after that? Or you're miserable. You know, and that's a good example because sin and excess makes you miserable. And we know that about food, don't we? But do we know that about everything else? Do we know that about money? Do we know that about shopping? Do we know that about everything in our lives? That that getting too much and wanting too much and, and being excessive in everything, all the pleasures of this world, do you realize that those things make you miserable? In the end, when it's all said and done, it messes with your mind. It messes with your heart. And it'll make you anxious. It'll make you unhappy. It'll constantly make you want to look for more because it's never enough. And he says, let that moderation be known to everybody, all men around you. And we get a little, "Ah, you know, I, I don't know if I want everybody looking at me. Who was it? When I was a teenager, Charles Barkley made it famous. He said, I'm not a role model. He said, just because I can dunk a basketball don't mean I uh, ought to be raising your kids. Ain't that what he said? Something like that? I don't know if y'all remember that. Um, You know, it may have been the only smart thing that man ever said. (laughs) He ought not be raising our kids. (laughs) But you know what? That's not what God says about Christian people supposed to let that light shine, the light of Christ shine to the people around us. We're supposed to want people to see our lives. You know why we don't want to let people see our lives? Because we're afraid that we're going to not let show them the light. We're afraid that, we're gonna, that they're going to see the darkness. They're afraid that they won't just see the light, that they'll see that darkness that we know is there. Listen, that's what our minds, that's what we're talking about here is is the, the Bible says to gird up the loins of your mind, right? To have your mind disciplined in the Lord, that, that you think the thoughts that he would have you to think, that you think like he thinks, and, and, and have that girded up. And we say, oh, no, we're, we're so bad of, as Baptists to say, oh, I can't. I can't. I, I, I teach adult education uh, a lot of the time, and... And, and these, these people um, that are in my class have not had any success in education. And the word I hear more than anything is can't. I can't learn. I can't read. I can't do math. I, I, can't, I, I can't do fractions. I, and you know what the next word is? I hate it. So anything you think you can't do, you hate And as Christians, we have got used to saying, I can't. I can't live for the Lord. I'm just a sinner. Oh, I agree. But through the power of 
Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We should be getting closer and closer to him. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can't do anything, but the Lord God can. He can do all things. And listen, he can do it in us. And you think, oh, I can't discipline my mind. My mind just wanders. I hear it all the time. I've got ADHD and DDR, and I, I, don't, I, I got all these letters attached to my name. And it becomes who they are. Now, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not going to try to pretend I am. But this is what I absolutely know. When you identify yourself with a set of letters that says, I can't, then you won't. If you identify your children with a set of letters and tell them they can't, then they won't. They never will be able to. Listen, we are not given a spirit of fear. We're not given a spirit of I can't. When we're saved, we should have the spirit of I can through the Lord Jesus Christ. I can have a spirit of yes, Lord, send me. Yes, Lord, I'll do it. I, I, I don't know how that I'm going to do that. I don't know. You know, everything in my life to this point tells me I cannot be behind this pulpit. And yet here I am for some strange unknown reason except that the Lord God said you can be there. You catch me on a bad day, I can't find a word to say to you. I'll, I'll, my tongue will get tangled around and stick to the top of my mouth, and I'll stutter and, and, and stammer, and, 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 but I don't know how. I've got all kinds of things to say up here, because the Lord God changes my heart, and has changed who I am when I'm behind this pulpit, and he speaks to me, and I hope he speaks to you, but we can do all things, y'all. I'd have never believed I could get up here and talk. Ask my wife. This is, this is not who I was 10 years ago. This isn't who I was five years ago. Scared to death. The only, the only class in college that I almost flunked, I thought I was going to flunk, was speech. Because, I mean, I, I couldn't get nothing to come out. I could write it. I just couldn't say it. There might not have been five people in the, in the class, and I couldn't talk to them. God can do everything. God is amazing what he can do. Listen, we can do better. We can gird up the loins of our mind. And listen, we can be a role model to the people around us. And listen, the world doesn't need a bunch of Charles Barkley's running around in the church. If you're one of those people, if you're sitting in a pew here today and you say you're a Christian and you love the Lord, then we shouldn't be Charles Barkley. We should not say, don't look at me, I'm not a role model. As a matter of fact, what we should be saying is watch what I'm doing. I'm trying to serve the Lord. Why don't you come with me? Why don't you come with me? Why don't you do it with me? Why don't we work together on this? Let, you know, uh, I don't know how many people, 50, 70 voices here, however many people there are here, that many voices speak a lot louder than one, doesn't it? We need to be together on this thing, living it out. Trust in the Lord to guide our lives. Let our moderation know, be known to all men. And, and so we're showing it to the world. But you know what? What really matters is the Lord is at hand. Now what everybody here thinks of me, I don't know. 
I'm used to folks thinking a lot of bad stuff about me, I'm sure. But what really matters is what the Lord God thinks about me. And listen, the Lord is at hand in our lives. We, we, we look, somehow we think of the rapture as something far away. We've, we've come to think of God as somebody far away sometimes. Listen, do you realize he is right here with us? That the Holy Spirit of God is living in our hearts. He sees everything that we do. Listen, he knows every thought that we think. Should we? Listen, if we love the Lord God and he is in us, shouldn't we gird up the loins of our mind and be live a moderate life that he would have us to live? He, do you think that he's a, you know, I'm just an old sinful man. I ain't good for nothing. But you know what? It makes me awful uncomfortable to get in a group of people who are talking dirty. Every word that comes out of their mouth is something ugly. They're telling dirty jokes. They're talking. They're married and talking about somebody else's wife or husband. You know, it makes me uncomfortable to be around that. Does it you? Am I the only one? Everybody else feel that way too? Listen, it makes me uncomfortable, and I'm no good. Imagine what it makes God feel like to be in us, and we're not living right, and we're not talking right, and we're not thinking right. Because he's there. He's having to deal with that. He doesn't, he hates that, y'all. The Bible says God hates sin. Now, he loves us, but he hates the sin. He hates the thoughts that come through our mind and our right. Let's live a moderate life because the Lord is at hand. He's here with us, and he's going to come back to get us. Let's not be caught like a thief in the night. He's going to come back, and, and, and we shouldn't be caught with him coming back, and we're not living right. That's what Jesus himself said. And be careful for nothing. Don't be anxious. When you get anxious, and listen, this is my, this is my thing. I'm bad about being anxious. I'm bad about wanting to worry about stuff. Worrying about stuff I can't do anything about, y'all. Worried about tomorrow. Worried about the kids. Worried about my wife. Worried about the church. Worried about Christianity and the, and the country and the state and the politics. I, oh, I would worry about everything if I'm not careful. But you know what he, God says we're supposed to do? Because listen, this is prevalent, isn't it? This is what, all, I, I mean, I see it all, it's not just me. I see it all the time. We are, this is learned behavior. We learn it from each other. How to be scared of everything, how to be anxious all the time. Listen, I think that we could probably learn how to not be anxious from each other too, couldn't we? If any of us would get a grip on it, listen, if you get a grip on it, invite me over. Let's do this together. We need some help. Listen, what does the Bible say? Don't be anxious. Don't be worried about what the news said. Don't be worried about what's going on. Listen, I've read the back of the book and we win. Y'all read Revelations? I've read it. Hey, we win. What are we worried about? Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Now, who can do something about it? I can't do anything about it, but who can? Only God. Now, he may decide he doesn't want to do anything about it. He may decide it's better that he doesn't do anything about it. But the only one who can do anything about it is God. And so it does us no good to worry over it ourselves 
But he says, bring it to God. Worst thing can happen is he said no. But that's his prerogative, isn't it? Now, I'm going to tell you like it is, because some people might tell you, oh, no, he won't never tell you no. Listen, he tells me no all the time, because I'm an idiot. I ain't got any sense. I'll ask, I'll ask for stuff I have no business asking for. I'll ask for something to happen tomorrow that's going to destroy the whole world in a thousand years or two days. What I might ask for might completely mess up somebody's chances at getting saved. What I ask for could do all kinds of damage to the kingdom of God. So he says, ask with thanksgiving, even before you know whether he's going to say yes or no. Be thankful that the Lord God knows what he needs to do. And be thankful and know this, know this, that he loves us. And if he can give us what we want, and if he can answer the prayer in a way that we that would make us happy and comfortable, believe me, he will. The, Jesus said that if, if, if we as, as earthly fathers would give good gifts to our children, how much more will our heavenly father give to us? So he wants to do for us what will make us happy. He does want us to have good lives, even here on this earth. But it's not always best for the kingdom of God, what I want. And I have to know that. And I have to be thankful. Listen, I need to be thankful to God that he knows the difference. Right? I am so grateful that God knows what's best for me. That God knows what's best for all of us and for our country and for our world. Because he does. Listen, imagine this. All the good things that God does pour out on us. Imagine how many good things he'd pour pour out on us if we weren't getting in the way all the time. (laughs) You know? That's the only thing that's that's causing the problem. All the the bad things that happen in the world is because we're getting in the way. One of these days, though, you know, the song says, I believe in a place that's called heaven. I believe it's real. You know what's going to happen there? God's going to change us, and we're not going to be in the way anymore. Y'all realize that? That's what heaven's going to be all about. It's us not getting in God's way blessing us. Us not getting in God's way making everything perfect and right. Look forward to that day. Make your request known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Listen, rejoice. Make your joy be in God himself, in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he loved us and he died for us. Make your joy be in looking forward to the heaven that he's got for us. Let your joy be in the blessings that he blesses us with here. And let your joy be, guys, that one of these days we're going to have a new body in a new place. Let your joy be that this isn't all there is. That this isn't where we're going to be forever. That I'm not, that that, that my soul is not going to be trapped in this old body forever. That it is going to pass away and it is going to go away. It is going to go back to the dust of the ground. But my soul is going to live forever. Let your joy be in that. Don't be anxious. Let your moderation be shown. And in verse 8, I love this verse. It's just so poetic. 
Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true. Listen, this is telling us what to think about. Listen, what are y'all thinking about here this morning? Are y'all thinking about going home? Thinking about what's going to be on TV, what you watched last night? Are you thinking about dinner? I hope y'all that that y'all are thinking about that you're thinking about his word, that you're, that you're thinking about how to get closer to him and thinking about what's true. Do y'all realize that we need to think about what's true? Because there are lies all around us. Now listen, when you hear a lie, how many hours this week are you going to spend thinking about the difference in a truth and a lie. How much time are you going to spend? How much time did you spend last week thinking about the difference in some truth and some lie? Some lie that you've heard somewhere. Some lie that that was insinuated in something that you saw. Some lie that was insinuated in somebody's life. Some lie that you have been telling yourself. How much time did you spend thinking about that and thinking about what is actually true? Because the Bible says we've got to think about that. You know why? Because if we don't, we'll live lies. We'll live a whole bunch of lies all at one time. And listen, this is especially, I think, I think it's especially in our world today because Satan uses all these distractions to get our minds off thinking. I think there was a time when you didn't have TV, you didn't have radio, you didn't have a thousand things pulling you in every direction, and people had no choice but to think. Oh, that had to have been a horrible time. What, what in the world? They were stuck in their own heads thinking? Listen, I think, I think Satan uses all these distractions to keep us from thinking. Because we need to think, y'all. We need to spend time thinking about what is true and what is right because you're going to hear a bunch of lies. You just turn on the TV. Just turn on the, the, go to work and listen to people talk. Go to church and listen to people talk. Listen, I've had some of the worst. I'm just going to be honest with you. I've had some of the worst of these kind of conversations in churches about right and wrong. I've heard lies in the church house recently that it just just shocked me that somebody would say. I had people tell me, and I may have shared this, I had some people tell me not too long ago, sitting in a church house, that they didn't care what the Bible said. This is what I think. And I said, I don't know what to tell you. I, 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 all I know to do is just preach to you. At this point, if you don't care what the Bible says, you're saying you don't care what God says. If you don't care what God says, how can you be sitting in a church saying, I'm a Christian? Shocking. It's the world we live in, though. It's around us. How much time do you spend thinking about the truth? Because those people haven't been thinking about the truth, obviously. They're They're not studying. They're not getting into the Word and trying to figure it out. And and, I'll, and it's hard. It is. That's another thing that I see is that we're lazy, y'all. We're lazy. And, and I'm not just talking about physically lazy. Listen, we are mentally lazy, and that's worse. People don't like to think. They say, well, that hurts my brain. That gives me a headache. 
I hear it all the time. I, that's, that's over my head. I, I'm not going there. Why not? Try. Maybe it is. Maybe you're right. Maybe you can't get there. Try. Would it hurt you to try? I, be, I bet you'd be shocked what you can get to. I bet you'd be shocked what you can think about if you'd give it a shot. I bet you'd be shocked what the Lord God can reveal to your mind if you'd open it up and think about it a minute and ask him to reveal something to you. How much time do we spend thinking about what's true? How much time do we think about what's honest? How honest are we? If I say I'm going to do something, how much time do I think about making sure that happens? Do I plan that out before I tell you I'm going to do this? Or do I just spout off at the mouth and suddenly, wait a minute, I've got ten things i got to do that day. I'm not going to be able to do that. But, I, but the first thing I know about it is the day of, and I'm thinking, oh, no, I'm not going to. I may not even think about that promise again because i got too many things on my mind. Is that me? Is that you? How much time do we spend making sure that we're honest with people? How much time do we spend making sure that our dealings with other people are honest? And how much does it matter? I'm here to tell you it matters a lot if you're a Christian. And we've come to believe that it doesn't matter anymore. I can just say, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't think about it. I didn't think about what I needed to do that day. I didn't, you know, I, and I know there are, you, you, may, you may have a heart attack and can't make it. Short of that, though, we ought to think about how to be honest with people. And, and it may be that I stubbed my toe or I, I need to call my grandma. or I, I mean, it could be anything. I've heard all the excuses. How honest are we with other people? And how much time do we spend thinking about how honest we're being? How much time do we think about our promises before we make them? And then how much time do we think about how we're going to make sure those promises are kept? And listen, how honest are we with God? How many times do we promise God something? And how much time do we spend thinking about how we're going to keep that promise to Almighty God? Because let me tell you something. God is always honest with us. God is always honest with us. And when he promises us up something, I promise you he's going to keep it. But how about us? How much time do we spend thinking about how we're going to be honest with God and keeping the promises that we make to him. Whatsoever things are just. Now here's a, here's a good one for today's time. I, I hear this all the time, things that are unjust, things that are not fair. And listen, I'm going to tell you, there's lots of stuff going on in our world right now that is not right. That is not just and it's not fair and people aren't being treated right all around us. But as Christian people, you know what? We've got to be really careful that we don't decide what's just and fair and right because of what the guy next to us says is just and fair and right. Or what some politician says is just and fair and right. Or what our political party says is just and fair and right. Listen, they're wrong. I'm just going to throw it all of them are wrong about a lot of stuff. You know who's right about what's just and fair and right? Only God. The only one that is always right about what is just and fair and right is God. So let's get in the Bible and let's spend some time thinking 
about what's really just and fair and right. And then when you see somebody at work having a conversation about what's just, fair, and right, guess what you can do? You can get a part of that conversation, and you can shut down both of the wrong sides and tell them exactly the truth. But if we don't know it, if we don't know the truth, you know what we're going to do? We're going to Google it. That's, that's what, if I ask those kids at school, if I tell them, I want you to write me an essay about what you think about such and such, invariably, you know what I get? A Google search, top button, this is what it says, and I say, no, that's not what I want. I want what you think, not what they think. And you know what they'll say? Some version of this. Well, I didn't know what to think, so I Googled it. We live in a Google world. You pull most people's brains out of their head and look at it right now, it's got a stamped on it. Everybody thinks what Google tells them to think, and Google is wrong most of the time. Google don't know. They don't know. I saw that there was uh, AI preached a sermon over, I think it was in Germany, that a computer preached a sermon, and Half the congregation said they liked it better. Now, I'm sorry. That computer does not have the Spirit of God. Now, that's, that tells me two things. That they had never heard a preacher called by God that was preaching to them from the Word of God because the Word of God's got power in it. No computer's got the power of God behind it. And it tells me that there's congregations out there who have no idea the power that God's word has in their lives. Listen, a computer cannot tell you how to think about God. A computer will tell you what people have told the computer to say. And folks are wrong. The ones who program that computer are probably dead wrong about most everything. How much time do we spend thinking about these things? How much time do we think about the evils of the world. And you say, oh, no, we don't want to go into philosophies. And Y'all, the Word of God talks about philosophies, how we see the world, how we think about the world. It's all in the Word of God. Whatsoever things are just, whatever things are pure. Listen, pure in the Bible a lot of times is talking about something that's, that's not got anything else mixed with it. Now, how often is your mind purely on the things of God? And how often is it mixed up with all kinds of other stuff? How much time do you spend where you are concentrating, and don't give me the ADHD stuff, how much time do you look and pray and think and be 100% enthralled in God's Word and in prayer to the Lord God so that everything else is pushed out, and I promise you, you can do it if you try. How much time, though, do we do it when our minds are purely on God? And not mixed up with all the cares of the world. Gird up the loins of your mind. Whatsoever things are lovely. Now are we thinking about lovely thoughts or boy are we thinking about bad thoughts? Which one? Because if we think about the bad stuff and we think about the violence and we think about the evil and we think about the sin and the hate and the... And, and all the stuff that goes on in our world. Listen, you can't watch TV. TV's nothing but all this. There's nothing lo- lovely on TV. 
There's nothing love. The world around us is full of evil and pain and gore and and violence and, and hate. But Christianity should be full of love. And our minds should be full of love. And thinking about lovely things and, and how I can love my wife more and how I can love my kids more and how I can love my church family and, and what can I do for somebody to show them that I love them and how much does God love me and how much do I love God. And, and we should be thinking on those things. How many hours a week do we spend thinking about love and lovely things? Notice I keep saying how many hours a week. Now, if I keep saying, how many hours a week are you thinking about truth? How many hours a week are you thinking about honesty? How many hours a week are you thinking about justice? How many hours a week are you thinking about things that are lovely and things of good report? Listen, how many hours a week should it be? Well, how many hours in the week are there? Because that's how many we should be thinking about those things. All of the hours. All of the hours. That should be our goal. And if we're not there, and I dare say we're not there, but that should be our goal, shouldn't it? All of the hours, all of the hours, all of the days, all of the weeks, and all of the years until the Lord comes back to get us. That should be our goal. And the peace of God will be with us, right? How do you do it? It says of good report. In another place, it says, who can talk bad about stuff like that? Who can say anything bad about the fruits of the Spirit? Who can, who, and, and I'm sure there's somebody, but listen, it makes no sense to badmouth somebody that's always loving everybody. Somebody who always tells the truth. Somebody who's always honest, who always keeps their word, who always is fair in their dealings. Somebody who always loves everybody. Somebody who's always got their mind on good, lovely, godly things. It makes, you know, somebody will say something bad about it, but it'll make no sense. Things, these things are of good report. And if there's anything, and notice he says then, if there's any virtue. And Paul is smart enough to know this. If there's any such thing as virtue in this life, this is where it's going to come from. Now, now the virtue, any virtue in this world doesn't compare to God, obviously. No, and that's what Paul's saying. If there's any such thing as virtue in this world, this is where it's going to come from. If there's anything that has a good report, this is where it's going to come from. If there's anything... That deserves praise. If there, if there's anything that you should deserve praise, it will come from these things. That's it. That's the only thing. And even then, you realize that only God is praiseworthy. Now we we do. We look around. We want people to praise us. We want people to talk good about us. We want we want you to know just how good we are at this, and and we'll emphasize our skills and our talents, and and we'll downplay the things that we're not good at, and and for all these reasons, because we want people's praise. Paul says, if there's anything that you should be happy about, anything that you should be portraying out there, it should be these things: the truth and the honesty and the loveliness, and the justness of God, and those things that are be thinking about Him. In verse 9, as we wrap up, those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. Oh, y'all, I'm going to go back to this one more time. 
Paul knew that they were going to do just like you guys are doing. And they're going to say, oh, I can't do that. I can't be a role model. I can't have people looking at my life. I can't tell people to look and see what I'm doing because I'm doing right. I, I can't tell people that. And there's a bunch of people squirming right now saying, oh, no, that's pride. And I'm here to say, no, that's God. If you're saying God can do these things, God has done this for me, that's exactly what we're supposed to be telling people. Listen, let me tell you what the Lord has done for me. And it's not, listen, listen, it's not just that he saved my soul. It's that he is sanctifying my heart. That he has given me the ability to gird up the loins of my mind and be disciplined to think about him and think about the godly things and think about things that's going to bring peace into my life and into my family's life. He's given me that ability. And Paul said, listen, I'm telling you, I know that it works because he's done it for me. And if you will do it, it, and listen, this is what we think. We think, well, yeah, I mean, it works for Paul because Paul is is chosen. Paul is, he he was better than me. Paul... Paul was a murderer. Paul hated God. He hated Jesus. He he hated Christians. And the Lord God struck him down on the road to Damascus and changed his heart and changed his mind toward him. And he was a totally different person. And, And Paul's saying, it's not just me. It's you too. Anything that God has done for me, I promise you he can do it for you. And Paul says that all through his writings. Anything that the Lord God has done for me, he can do it for you. But you've got to put yourself out there, y'all. You've got to think the thoughts. You've got to put your mind in order toward him so that he can do a work in your life. He ain't going to do it without you. If you're a million miles away, how can he do a work in your life if you're not thinking about him? If you're not spending time thinking about his things and his thoughts. If you're not in his word and you're not praying to him and you're not close to him. It's awful hard to do a work with somebody when they're not anywhere near you. And they won't stay close to you. The same thing with my kids at school. I, I, I use it a lot because that's my life, right? If I can't get them in class, I can't teach them nothing. If they don't care enough to learn, I, nothing I can do is going to help. I can't, I can't fix that for them. I can't, I can't make them sit in that pew, and I can't make them pay attention. I mean, I can fuss at them, tell them, get your, get your phone out of your, off your desk and, and get your head up and, and, you know, whatever. I can say it, but I don't, their mind is still way out yonder. If they don't care about it, they won't learn it. Listen, we got a bunch of Christian folks who, who are like these kids with ADHD. We're, our minds are a million miles away, not paying attention to God, but we expect God to teach us everything. We expect him to teach us how to do fractions when I could care less about fractions. It won't work, y'all. He can't teach us to live for him if we're not interested in living for him. He can teach us, but only if we're interested in it, only if we're listening, only if we're paying attention. Only if we're putting effort into it. You know that old thing, if I, if I sleep on the book, it'll get in by osmosis. It, it won't work with math and it won't work with the Bible. I, I've slept on it before. But unless you open it up and read it, it's not going to get in your head. 
And listen, unless we think these thoughts, they're not going to come in your head. Your thoughts are going to stay scattered. Your thoughts are going to stay on the things of the world. Your thoughts are going to stay on your anxiety, on your circumstances, on the politicians and the country, on the violence, on the war. Your thoughts are going to remain on the things that they're on now if you don't take a conscious effort to think of the things of God every day, all day. And listen, the peace of God shall be with you. It doesn't say it might. It says, do these things and the peace of God shall be with you. It worked for Paul. It can work for us too. Can we have a hymn of invitation? Church, we don't know what tomorrow may hold. We don't know what an hour from now may hold. But the Lord God does know. And if you're not right with him here this morning, I extend an invitation. Listen, I don't know if y'all do the altars. I hope y'all do. The altars are open. I'm going to say the altars are open. I believe in prayer. I believe in prayer on our knees. And I believe in showing by example that that's what we do in our lives. The altars are open. I'm here if you need somebody to pray with you. If you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today is the day of salvation.